Hi, I'm Akshar Rora. And I'm Rohan Nahar. Welcome to The Long Take. This week, we're going to discuss Raat Akeli Hai, a movie by a debutant director called Hani Trehan and starring Nawazuddin Siddiqui and Radhika Apte. It's a whodunit murder mystery sort of thing. What do you call it, Rohan? Yeah, yeah exactly. It's a whodunit murder mystery and it's a very old-fashioned uh, whodunit. I mean, the protagonist isn't a, a gentleman detective. Yeah, that's made clear in the opening minutes yeah he's a up cop but the the conventions and the tropes that the movie deals in is very very uh you know agatha christie and knives out which itself was like inspired by agatha christie right like Brian johnson admitted that oh yeah so agatha christie is like the queen of crime right she's that's what she's called and um like the 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 template for these stories is something that she's perfected um and uh I think it's very smart on both Ryan Johnson and Hani Trehan's part to follow that template to a T because it's a f- it's a formula but it's a formula that really really works. The structure is basically a Nagata Christie locked room murder mystery, right? Rather keli hai, and I really really enjoyed the fact that it really sticks to that uh, those conventions. Especially if you're familiar with those conventions, it's going to work differently for you because then you're just like noticing things and enjoying aspects of it that, um, you know, you're you're familiar with, that you've seen before, you've read before. Both this, like, and the one that's com- being compared to Knives Out are essentially like love letters to the genre, right? These are filmmakers who have grown up on these movies, uh, really like know the ins and outs of how the things work and now sort of want to create something that is basically a homage to all of it uh and the, hani trehan is like this is his first movie and i think it's like super impressive that he's a casting director who's worked on like i think omkara vishal bharadwaj movies uh, abhishek chobe movies so he's he's been around the block but uh, i mean for instance mukesh chhabra has been around the block right but he made dil bechara poles apart yeah this is a much 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 better debut I mean, in, if I had to compare it to that, which I don't want to, I would say this is the opposite of what you said last week, right? This is a director who knows what he's doing. This is assured work from the first frames and he's in control. He knows he's confident. Uh, he knows what he wants from the characters. He knows what he wants from the story. Yeah. Now, when I spoke to him, he said that, you know, he got the screenplay, which is by uh, Smita Singh, one of the writers of Sacred Game. Season one, yeah. But he said that, you know, it, it, he didn't shoot the script. He he made changes to it. He brought his own personality to it. He said that I wanted to make this movie my own. Um, so that's a sign of a true filmmaker, right? And it's, it's not just that if you have changes in mind, you bring changes that enhance the story, right? This is, you can feel like the contribution from other sides of it. Well, I mean, Trion has a company with Abhishek Chaube, if I'm not wrong, right? And you can feel those elements as well uh, coming through. These people really want to tell a grounded, authentic, gritty, small town India story, which actually like reflects the environment and the setting of the actual place. Yeah, which is what Chaube also does, right? He takes what is a very Western idea of filmmaking, yeah. but then the settings are so rustic, which is what um, Hanis Rehan also does here. He takes a genre, he takes an idea of film that is very, very um, old school English. Uh, and then he transports it to a very rustic Indian cowbell town, right? It's Kanpur, right? If I'm not wrong. Yeah. It's like outside of Kanpur. It's like ruler Kanpur. I saw one of the license plates and I looked it up. It's almost on the border of Uttar Pradesh and Madhya Pradesh, which is why Gwalior is, has a heavy prominence in the film. But it also feels like any other middle India town, right? Yeah. 
at first glance the movie is like what two and a half hours long and then when i saw the running time and i was like uh, i don't know if i'm prepared for this <laughs> because i'm not Literally used same. i'm not you know you're not used to watching uh, such long movies anymore and even if we are you know it's never easy and especially when they come from like bollywood like i don't this is not a bollywood movie in any angle once you've seen it but like the going in like when you i see that runtime i'm like oh wait this is another loosely ed- edited movie which does is not really cutting the fluff right it's keeping all of it but that's not it it's two and a half hours because it's taking its own sweet time this movie like when it opens and it sort of invites you in and then you sort of reach that level right you re- you go down to that level and you're like cool i am now on your beat now you can take me along Yeah, yeah it's everything is deliberate right it's not slow because it's badly edited it's it's slow because it wants to be slow it wants to kind of let you savor the the atmosphere the town in which it's set it wants you to meet every character individually learn things about them the treatment of it you know as you spoke about it's like a westernized sort of treatment i think that's going to be the stumbling block for a subset of audiences in india is that there's not trained or at least they haven't explored films that sort of take this approach in sort of building out their world and you know g- getting you in in this, the first act and that might be a stumbling block for people is what i think imagine but if you think the first act itself is a stumbling block do you think people will be satisfied with the way that it ends i mean i myself i'm not satisfied where sort of the movie actually ends up i mean the entire actually second half the way sort of the direction movie takes i felt was a little i mean not working for me sort of structurally goes in a different direction than it begins i don't even know how it would work for people for whom the first half doesn't work right because the first half works brilliantly for me it's a proper neo noir sort of learning from like different borrowing from different genres police procedural which delivers on every sort of beat the way it begins it's the perfect cinematography you know by the pankaj kumar it's i mean this is the same guy who gave us talwar another sort of you know t- same similar type of movie if you think about it and he's also a cinematographer on tumba so you know what experience is bringing here but i in terms of storytelling if you can't get through the first half i don't think you can be appreciate the second half but i think that's understandable right that's true for any film if you're not like if it doesn't get you in the first minute or two then you're it's a, it's an uphill climb yeah Although like there's a lot here right I mean I mentioned the cinematography but like even the acting like I mean you loved Siddiqui's acting and you told me for the podcast I thought like Radhika Apte was like excellent in her stuff like every time she performs in a role I forget it's Radhika Apte she just like disappears into the character she's playing I'm more conflicted about that because a I don't think her character is necessary to the plot at all right uh in terms of how it's written maybe if they rewrote it in a certain way then it would make more sense but she has very little to do in the story right is she motivating um, jatul yadav i don't know because he's already pretty motivated right he's a very very straightforward guy who wants to get to the bottom of the mystery he's already on the right path right he's he hasn't let his uh, corrupt boss stop him he hasn't let a uh, political goon stop him yeah he's like a more polished version of the what was the guy hatiram hatiram yes yeah, from padalok yeah yeah same 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 convention right because both them get um, both them go rogue essentially right yeah because people don't want them to solve these crimes and they're kind of cousins in that way so this guy is on his way to getting the job done so he doesn't need to be motivated through a woman 
which is what ends up happening in the film. I felt that entire plot line, if they'd done away with, they could have saved at least half an hour. I mean, that would have benefited the film, certainly. Yeah, I think it would be a diff- very different film. I think like what they're doing with Radhika Dapte's character there is basically giving you like an emotional fulcrum to sort of work on in the family, right? But why am I supposed to be connected to her? Like, why? I'm already connected to Jatul Yadav, right? I don't need a second person to kind of put my emotions behind because she's not doing anything to the story. She is perhaps the only woman who has any sort of agency in the plot, but even she ends up becoming a damsel in distress towards the end, which is weird to me because you've set her up to kind of have this big moment, right? You've written her in a way because she's been wronged her entire life. She's been married off. She's been abused, this, that. You've set her up to kind of have that big victory towards the end. And then what happens is that she ends up being saved by Jatil Yadav. The film doesn't make that grand statement that I was expecting of it because it's set in such a patriarchal world. I wanted it to kind of say something about that world in the way that Knives Out had so much to say politically. And was there. They set it up. They set up the entire thing, but for some reason, they don't follow through on it, which is, which I thought was a little weird. It was my biggest quibble in this film. The moment that they end up at that house by the lake thing, I'm just like, I'm not sure this is still following a logical thread, which it had built, right? The world it had built where these characters were burdened down and suddenly those constraints are lifted and, and they're allowed to roam freely as if like, and he's not suspended anymore. Like he was suspended like five minutes ago and he's still roaming around with his badge and everything and nothing's happened to him, right? I feel that's okay because that's part of this kind of storytelling. It's fine. But I feel like if the goal was to get you to that house by the lake, right? Which is where the grand reveal happens in a way, right? Yeah. Without that house, they they have not nowhere to go. They don't have the reveal. Yeah. But if the goal is to get you to that house, they could have found a more elegant way of doing it than to insert like a pointless love story and have them run away and stuff like that i feel yeah i think that was my point is that it's not like the second half is not organic anymore like the first half is much more tight-knit and how it's like every event is building off the previous event the second half sort of takes some jumps to get to the you know the pre-written ends that's the thing right it's this is not like a real life story this is someone who sat down and crafted it which is why like they know where they want to get but they're not sure how to get there in the most convincing manner it's highlighted because the first half is so tight right everything is there for a reason the second half feels more meandering what do you think about the conclusion though uh, I, w- I was hoping that it would not be a big traditional... That's the cliche of this genre, right? That eventually everyone ends up in a room and the guy who solved it is going to give like a monologue. And- oh yeah, I, l- I love that. That's when I was back into the story. Like when they kind of congregated in that room, I was like, oh, now we're back on track. Now we're doing a locked room mystery again. He's supposed to tell the story that's there. And that's what we want. He wa- Like we want him to give that lo- like long speech about this is what happened. This is what happened. You did this, you did this, you did this. That's fine. But then I felt that there was a lot of interplay between the characters in that scene. That wasn't quite enjoyable. Like how they obviously, you know, I mean, that's what they, what they were building towards, right? Like the basically the destruction of the family or the extended families and the way the clan from the inside. And it keeps you guessing. Yeah, it does. Which is, I think we spoke about the downsides of this film a lot, but then overall, I don't think it really affected my viewing experience that much. I like still really, really enjoyed it. The only reason I would be happy about the love story angle is if they make a sequel where like uh, Radhika Apte is like the Dr. Watson character. (laughs) I'd be like, 
really down for that. Yeah. So overall, emotions. Oh, I think it's a really good film. One that could have used a little more time on the scripting stage to sort of work out the second half kinks, but it's still like easily a strong effort for like Netflix Slate, which has so far this year produced dot after dot. Have you liked anything this year? Like, what has it been this been year been? It started with ghost stories. No, I quite enjoyed um, Guilty. I think we've spoken about Guilty before. I enjoyed Guilty. I like Choked. Yeah, I didn't really enjoy Choked. I mean, I thought it needed to do a lot more in terms of its because uh, it made like demonetization central to it, and its social critique of that was quite missing for me. Yeah, I think it was like many of his movies. It was about a lot of things without really. I feel that he needs like a strong producer to come in and kind of say, "Listen, you need to cut this and cut that <laughs> to make it more." <laughs> yeah, that's not gonna happen though. Like Kashyap produces himself now. Uh, but yeah, this is a definitely one of the strongest entries this year. Yeah, because like I, while watching this, I was thinking like I would have loved it even more if its sensibilities were like a bit like Sony. You know, remember that movie like from last year? Oh yeah. Yeah, like just similar in some ways in terms of you know the police procedural bits and like a uh, uh, the middle ground between Sony and Rata Kelly here like would have worked perfectly for me. But that's my personal taste. Like obviously, like I can't speak for everyone. Mm-hmm. I thought this was like it was kind of mainstream. I felt like Sony was very very artsy, right? Sony is like a French Jean Pierre Melville movie almost. Uh, this, on the other hand, is half of it is pure like U P Tamasha. It's like a Ajay Devgan cop movie almost, but the other half is like it's an Ajay Devgan cop movie directed by someone who's cinema literate. I feel and not Rohit Chetty. I think we are doing a disservice to like Radha Kelly here by bringing Rohit Chetty into the discussion. <laughs> Or Ajay Devgan, who's mentioned in the movie, by the way. Is he? Yeah, remember when he's like standing in front of the mirror, Nawaz, and applying like fair and lovely on his face, which was like so comical, by the way. And then his mother in the background, like on a call. Oh, ha ha! He's like Ajay Devgan, he's a samla. Yeah, and she's like, he looks like Ajay Devgan, especially when he puts on the sunglasses. That's a nice nod. See, he's it, all these things are these deliberate little things. It, they just point to the fact that he's he's a guy in control of his story, right? He, the way that he lingers on this. You people's, apke saath or some like. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean that's evident from the first frames. Right? I mean the way it opens, like he's staying on shots, like that needs confidence, like without having background music. That's the thing, right? Because the only thing I'm wondering is if like the general audience will understand the in jokes. Like it feels like a very in jokey movie, right? It 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 feels like it's winking at the audience the whole time. But then does does the audience know what what is happening and is it winking back? That That's my only question, I guess. What you're basically saying is, it's a movie for an audience that you know is interested in watching movies and not just being on their phones while they're watching it. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to. This is not a movie to watch on your phone for sure. Like, yeah, but that's how most people watch movies. At least what I've that's what I've learned. Yeah, yeah that's or true. Or like heard from people, or like something to keep pausing every ten minutes. I, I'm like already dreading like Twitter being flooded by ah boring movie, boring movie, boring movie. Yeah, because like that's the thing, right? Most people are used to like movies being exciting for them, or like intriguing, or like you know, peppy, or like fun. You know, like this is 
that's not what this is doing in martin scorsese's word this is cinema <laughs> yeah and i had that explained to me by one of the actors in this movie when i was speaking to them like this is a film noir do you know what film noir means <laughs> have you seen a film noir yeah i think you start pitching that like most people are just going to turn off the minute you say those words and be like cool now to watching you thank you please go away <laughs> thanks for that lesson <laughs> no one really comes to movies to be taught things honestly <laughs> Anyway, I think it's a good time to segue into our new section. Yep, new section, the Emmys. Yeah, the Emmy. I mean, the Emmys didn't happen. The Emmy nominations happened. Emmys are in September. What did you think of them? Like the major ones. I think Watchmen is truly one of the greatest shows I've ever seen. So I'm very happy about Watchmen leading with 26 nominations. Do you think it actually has a shot at winning, though, considering how Academy members of both the Oscar Academy and the TV Academies look at superhero cin- cinema? Oh, but then I think if that notion is going to be broken, it's going to be broken by something like Watchmen, right? Because Watchmen is to superhero television what uh, maybe The Dark Knight was to superhero films. I think it actually goes further. It's yeah it's really one of the best shows ever made and the cool thing about Watchmen is it's made by a guy who's only made legendary stuff. He's made three shows that are easily among the top 10 best shows of all time. Are you counting Lost in? Of course I'm <laughs> counting Lost in. It. Lost is a monumental show. It's influenced like an entire generation of storytellers and viewers and uh, The Leftovers is like an underseen masterpiece. Easily. Didn't start out great but yeah it be- became great over time. Yeah, and Watchmen is like at par with the leftovers at its peak. So I think that is a, a crazy achievement, and no one's talking about it as much as they should. Like Damon Lindelof should be like sainted or knighted or something. Like he should be given <laughs> a lot of money or like hugs or whatever floats his boat. I don't know. I think there's a reason that it's not being talked about as much, right? Because this of just how polarized America has become in today's time in terms of talking about these race issues. That's true. I mean, this Watchmen was the first property i mean from what people have been talking about to actually depict the 1912 tulsa massacre like that's that's insane yeah. if that's actually true because it took hard in 7 years for something like that to get depicted on screen that should not be happening what shocked me most was after watching the first episode i remember going on twitter and it was filled with comments by black people saying that they were not aware of this piece of history that is insane i only came to know that like a week since because i had viewed it like with embargo so like the, when this mo- moment actually happened what you just described i was like wow like people actually were not taught this part of history I just assume that this is something that Americans know. Like it would be our uh, Jallianwala Bagh, right? Imagine us not knowing about. So I just assume that everyone knows about this. I think that's the difference, right? Like we know about Jallianwala because the British aren't ruling us anymore. So that's why we're teaching people that. But like in the US, white people are still mostly in power, which basically are somehow ensuring the curriculum is not including stuff like this. But what a courageous way to open your show. Because it feels like fantasy, right? For a minute, I thought it was like a fantasy, like a alternate reality thing. And it gets better. It just keeps getting better. That show just keeps getting better with every episode, with every scene. I feel, and I'm kind of glad that he's refused to return. 
I I actually love that. I wish more shows and more creators had the courage like Lindelof to conceive it as a mini series and then hold on to that vision even after all the accolades and critical acclaim and money. Like people don't hold on to that. Like Big Little Lies mini series, no, they went for multiple seasons because they were getting the money and the you know the critical acclaim and awards and everything, and then they couldn't live up to that their own level. Like I genuinely feel um they should have they shouldn't have made uh, Better Call Saul as good as Better Call. Saul is. Oh no no. That's I think that's like one thing I disagree on. Like I mean I I was going to bring to this point, you know, eventually like what's the biggest competitor for uh Watchmen in the debate and I I, I mean for me it's Better Call Saul even though the, I'm pretty sure the TV Academy won't see it that way. In terms of quality or you're saying like In terms of quality, yeah. I think Better Call Saul is one of easily one of the best shows out there right now. Do you think Better Call Saul is better than Breaking Bad? If you are going to be very objective about it, Better Call Saul is is better poetically. Um in if you look at averages right like cuz breaking bad took its time because they were new to what they were doing the creators took their time to actually refine the show and discover what it was supposed to be so it took them the first scene is not that good it is slow that i have recommended to many people who have left the show because of the first season um and then it gets i think the first scene end is where it actually kicks up and the second grows into it and by the third season it re- it's really found itself but that's not the case of better call saul because these are people were breaking bad veterans making a show right and which is why it's good from the start oh i had a completely different experience like i thought breaking bad the first season was like six episodes or whatever and i was instantly hooked like instantly i think that show is perfect i wouldn't change a single second now it's my favorite show of all time and that's why i feel so possessive about it i'm like i do, i don't want better calls so i don't want as much as i enjoy all this i don't want more I I want Vince Gilligan to step out of this world now. Like he's again he made El Camino. I generally thought El Camino was yeah. I mean as well made it was it shouldn't have existed. It was very ancillary and you know extra to the whole experience. As enjoyable as it was, I don't exactly it, it does not need to exist. But for me like that's that doesn't happen with Better Call Saul like I've I'm now that I've known these characters and now that I've expanded on the older characters and be interested in newer characters like Kim Wexler like this is I mean which is why I'm disappointed like eventually if we're going to discuss I mean I mean nominations like that's my biggest annoyance is that how can you not nominate Rhea Shehorn for this time like it's insane any other snobs it stick out i loved this show called normal people i don't know if you've heard of it i've heard of it i haven't seen it right yeah so i would have ideally wanted that be nominated as well it's not an american show which is probably why it's been looked over even though one of the actors got nominated and the director got nominated but as a show it got looked over yeah speaking of things that i haven't seen should we move on to our final segment yeah sure so what did you watch this week what did i watch this week so i what um for review purposes or work purposes i watched all 10 episodes of the umbrella academy season 2 um better than the first season but still not enough to be like a you know a show that you should put on your list i would say i felt umbrella academy season 1 was kind of dragged out a little bit yeah like first season to- for me it was a mess like it was Tonally a mess. Character wise, it was not character wise. The character ke arcs, it was a mess. What the subplots and the narratives they were given. So they've improved on some bits. Some bits actually they've kept, which are the same from the first season. And then some bits they've actually gone worse. Like the first season, where the villains are quite fun, like Hazel and Chacha. This time the villains are downright either boring or downright annoying. Yeah, it was like that. Mar- it was remember those Marvel shows. I mean, of course, you remember those Marvel shows, like the Netflix Marvel shows. All of them felt too long. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, that's why I actually mentioned that in my Umbrella Academy review is that it's it's got a clear case of Netflix bloat as well. Like it happens way too often for Netflix, and it needs clearly needs to look at these things. It's almost feels like sometimes you know, like the production houses are sort of like enjoying Netflix money. Like they oh, like let's make ten episodes so we'll earn more or whatever, and then just Netflix is like cool, go make, go ahead and make ten episodes because we don't really care. Because the first set of the comic books wasn't ten issues long. I think it was just five or six issues long, and I think that would have been a perfect length for like a six episode season. Would have been ideal. Yeah, I really wish like U U S would like learn more from the U K in terms of like. Structuring episode and sorry season lengths and not intentionally. I mean, not make them ten and thirteen just because that's what they're used to. Identify your story and then give it the length that it needs, not the length that you have preconceived. Or they should just let Damon Lindelof make every show. <laughs> Or that, yeah. I watched this thing called "I'll Be Gone in the Dark," which is like a true crime series. On um, Disney Plus Hotstar about a woman who is on an obsessive hunt of this seal killer who is still at large and she really really believes that she can catch him from her laptop. This is really interesting story. But is he at large as in like he's never been caught? He's never been caught. Is he at large in the sense that yeah, so like he could be dead for all we know, right? Yeah. But then she she really really believes she has enough information to believe that he's alive and can be caught. Uh, but the interesting thing about the show is that as much as it is about the hunt for the serial killer, it's also about the woman doing the hunting, and her story is just as interesting. I think that's why like really makes like good content. It's like when you can identify the story beneath the story. Yeah. So that's what I've been watching. It's really good. Cool. I think that's it. Yep. Thanks for listening. You can find the long take on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at the long take pod. You can write to us at long take pod at gmail dot com. If you like the episode, please rate us and review us wherever you are listening, whatever platform you are listening on, and we'll see you next next week.